Welcome to the Dogsthorpe Infant School, part of Hampton Academy's Trust. Eddie and Captain Dave are in the Learning Journey rocket, ready for takeoff. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. You are listening to Eddie's Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, teachers and schools. Eddie's guest on this Launchpad is Imagination Gaming. They offer solutions to engagement and learning in schools, suitable for all age groups and abilities. The focus is on enjoyment and learning in equal measure. Learning through play is something that we hold very dear at Dogsthorpe Infant School. So whether you want to raise attainment in school, bring the school community of families together, Imagination Gaming gets the results, as well as bringing fun to all involved. Founded 15 years ago, its goal is to change the perception of games within the UK to one where they are seen and used as the great learning tools. They want to see games used on a regular basis in schools for learning and bringing families together. Now, when Eddie and I first met these guys, we knew straight away we needed to get them onto the launch pad and introduce them to you. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you Nigel Scarf from Imagination Gaming. Welcome to the show, Nigel. Good morning. I think you've summarised everything so well. My work here is done. I might as well just go now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want you to put a bit of flesh on the bones for us, if you would, please. Because um, when when I visited your website and I saw your website, I thought, oh, now these are the sorts of guys we need to get on because... Um, learning through play is important through us. And I think that you yeah, can, yeah. what you guys do um, is important and you do great work. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Imagination Gaming? I certainly can. Um, so initially I set Imagination Gaming up because when I was a child, I was that child that was kind of a little bit lost. School was at times a little bit much for me. I was incredibly quiet, incredibly polite really well behaved. There was never any issues on that front, but I had no confidence whatsoever. Um, And it was when I was around 12 year old that I got introduced to a game called Dungeons and Dragons. And the book's called the Fighting Fantasy Game Books, where you had to turn to a page to go through a certain door and so on and so forth. And it absolutely changed my entire approach to learning. I realized quite quickly that as I was playing these games and writing adventures I was going to the library all the time I was getting books out on folklore on on Roman and Greek gods and so on and so forth and looking up all these stories and with doing all the writing and creating of characters I was rolling dice I was doing constant addition and subtraction and I, I realized even back then the effect it was having on my ability to learn and how I would tackle problems and take in information and it stuck with me And as I kind of went through life and got various jobs, there was always this, I guess, 
urge and nagging desire to maybe try to do something like that as I got older. And I always had a very good work ethic. So eventually I left the business I was at. I set up on my own and started Imagination Gaming specifically to reach out to schools to help the kids that were just like I was as a child that maybe struggled a little bit, found a classroom environment quite tough and wanted to have a almost a different way of going about learning and inspiring those kids to go, actually, I can do this and I want to do it more. And when a, a teacher will throw them a problem, instead of it seen as a, oh, I can't do this, it's they having a, it's changing their mindset to be, you know what? I reckon I could probably go about figuring a way to solve this problem. And games for me have always been the, the perfect medium to do that. And whereas we started, well, 15 years ago now, where it was all about bring social games into the classroom to help with that side of things and maybe help on their sort of focus and concentration. Now what we do is far more aligned to the curriculum. It's working with specific groups. It's doing math-specific days or literacy-specific days. It's working with kids from three-year-old all the way up to we go into women's institutes, we go into prisons. We work with those kids that are really disaffected from learning, that are quite disruptive. And we work with those to get them back in the class, willing and wanting to try really hard to sort of make a difference to themselves. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fascinating journey so far. Obviously, we've got parents listening and we've got teachers listening. So let's let's split those for a little while and just talk, mm -hmm. look in two different sections. Um, there, there will be schools listening to this. How can you help those in, in practical ways, Nigel? Uh, in terms of schools, well, generally, <clears throat> we, when we go into any school, Almost every school we do is different in some way. They have their own goals and outcomes that they're trying to achieve. So we have a lot of uh, schools that we're working with in transition that in start of the new September term, we're going in specifically to engage those students that they've identified as they might have a lot of issues. They might be a little bit disruptive. How do we get those guys back into a classroom engaged? So we're doing that sort of work. We're going into some primary schools who specifically identified that maths, reasoning, problem solving is an issue at their school. So we're going to do a combination of work where we do half of the time problem solving on the visualizer, taking elements from the different games to pose different problems to the children in such a way that even the lowest ability or those with no confidence go, I just got that right. And I got the next one right. I can do this. So we, we are half a day where we're doing this and the other half will do the tabletop board games where we, we apply what we've learned via the visualizer, bring that into the board game to bring their confidence out of them. And again, just to make them, without them realizing just how much maths or literacy reasoning they're doing, is that is all they're doing. They're working, but disguised as play. So part of it is we would then work with the teachers to say, Look at what we're doing here. Look at how this child has resulted in this. Can we inspire you in some sort of way to look at what's the next thing that you're looking to teach? Can you somehow gamify that so that the kids approach it in a slightly different way and it's seen as more of a fun exercise than perhaps it would you know, have been prior to that? What you're saying is a school would approach you perhaps for a series <laughs> of meetings or maybe for a whole day and 
target a particular group of students or a, a year group or a class, and you'll come in and you'll work with them for attainment uh, or to get them up to speed with the rest of the students? Yeah, and as, as I said, it's, it's, it's generally that sort of thing, but every school seems to be a little bit different. Uh, some may want us to come and work with their foundation age children. Others, particularly years three and four, are quite immature for their age in a lot of occasions. So we go in and we do them all the social emotional side of it through the games with basic elements of turn taking, when to listen, when to speak, how to debate with your friends and your teammates and so on. Uh, and others will, like you said, will just go, we need help on a, say, every single week. We want you to come in one day a week and do this stint of work with these year five and six to prepare them for SATs that they've got towards the end of the year. That sort of stuff. So it's always different, but it's always down to having a talk with the school and going, what are the issues you are trying to tackle? Right. Well, we will come up with something specifically to, de you know, designed to help with that. What's interesting about what you're offering, and we don't have it, we don't have companies like yours on the on the launch pad very often, is that, that you're offering a, a bespoke service. So that normally we have companies that on and say, or, or institutions or, or establishments on, and they say, oh, well, this is what we offer. These are our products, and we will come into your school and do this. What it sounds like you're describing is something that a school would approach you and say, look, we have got this. Can you tailor a, a, a program for a day or for a session or for a, a group of sessions that can help those students? Is, is that how I'm seeing it? It's a bespoke service? Absolutely right, yeah. And it's, it has to be bespoke because no matter how similar schools are, they all have their own quirks. They all have their own different students with the different issues and strengths and weaknesses. And it has to work around what that school needs. There isn't really a one size fits all. We will often do, no matter where we're going, we'll come in and do a breakfast club or we'll certainly will offer that. So that by the time the kids hit lessons, their minds are already focused into thinking. We'll always offer, say, an after school club. Now that COVID's done well, we can invite parents in to actually sit and play games with the kids so they can see and learn what the children are doing with the games and how the games will help the child's general IQ, their social skills and so on. But within the lessons themselves, it's all about which classes are needing help in which areas. And it may well be that year three says, well, I need help with this. But year six wants something completely different. And that's fine. And that's why we have that, that sit down and meeting with schools and so on to go, what is it you're trying to tackle? And as long as we know in advance, we will bring something in for each different class that we're working with that day to specifically try and help those kids and that teacher with the problem that they're facing. So if a school is listening to this and thinks, oh, maybe they could do something, uh, I'm guessing that you've got the website, which we'll talk about a bit later, but to go to the website, get in contact with you, and then you you get into a discussion and you start to work out a, a way forward. Is that right? Exactly, yeah. If needs be, we come over, we'll have a meeting, we'll bring examples of what we use and how we use them and how we change the rules of games to fit a particular situation and basically to give the schools confidence that, ah, okay, I get it. They're not just coming in to play Monopoly. That's not what we do. Our job really is to give the kids lots and lots of different ways to apply what the teachers are teaching them in class. The other thing that interests me when I was looking at your website um, is that you were talking about parent engagement as well. So schools that want to get um, families together 
and do that sort of thing and get social interaction between the school and build up either the school family community, the, the staff and whatever, or mm. the families, the children all together and having a social event, uh, but using gaming to yeah. uh, build up learning through, through parents and, and children? Yeah, well, ultimately, when we do the, the after-school sessions, really, it's almost more about the parents than it is about the children. When the parents turn up, they will often go, oh, uh, I don't really do games. I'm not very good at them. And I'll go, well, how come you're not good at them? Oh, well, you know, I haven't played them since I was a kid. And I said, well, that's why. I said, it's down to everything. It's practice. I said, but bear in mind, the games that we use in schools have all got really simple rule sets. It's just as you're playing them, you'll learn this game has lots of different tiers. And the more we play, the bigger challenge it will give us. And when we get the parents in, it's about trying to show those guys, look at how much fun your child is having, actually interacting and playing the game with you guys. That's a priceless thing that, you know, it's, it's all right. And I know we all send the kids onto an iPad occasionally, but how much are they actually getting from that? How much is it benefiting that child and how much is it hurting them? When you sit down and you do those sorts of activities as a family, just that interaction, that reading of body language, that smile that you see on the face is just priceless. And when they come in after school, my job really is to relax and make the parents feel like, oh, actually, I can enjoy this. Because the kids know all the rules by that stage. They'll be teaching their mum and dads how to play the games. So I don't need to teach the parents. I just need to show them this is what it's about. It's not about the winning and losing and looking daft. Don't worry about that. Just look at how much your child is enjoying explaining the rules of a game and thinking about this. And the more you and your children play games at home, the more that will help their ability when they're sat in class. And we have this cycle. We tell the kids all the time, the more you play the games, the better, the more it will improve your maths and literacy skills. The harder you work in your maths lessons and English lessons, you'll find the better you get at the games. So it's about one supporting the other and taking the kids up the ladder sort of thing and just helping improve general IQ, the social skills, all through while having a big smile on your face. And well-being too, I guess. Oh, massively. What yeah, what you've described is something that, um, you know, is, is important with, with well-being, with staff, with children, the interaction that a game can bring. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that sometimes families only get the board games out at Christmas. And yeah. then they say, really enjoyed that. And they put it away and they forget it for the rest of the, rest of the yeah. year. It's a, such a shame, really. It is. The range of games that we currently use, I and mean, we get games from literally all over the world. We run our own game awards every year. We have, I think this year is about 100 and maybe 20, 30 games that's been sent in that we then play test at schools. We then use in all the events that we go around and do. Um, these games are in the mainstream, really simple to play and learn. Mm. They don't take a huge amount of time. So any game that we use on a regular basis generally has three rules that we try and obey. We have to be able to teach the rules in about 30 seconds because no one at a school wants to listen to me for more than 30 seconds. <laughs> or um, anyone for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> they have you. to be playable, yeah. The games have to be playable in 10 minutes, around 10, 15 minutes tops. So it can be played in a break, golden time on a Friday, things like this. And they have to have lots and lots of replay value. And that way we can constantly 
see that as we're playing it, oh, we're getting better, we're getting smart with this game. Oh, actually, yeah, I can see about the interaction of the players and you see there's more to the games than often meets the eye. Mm. So if they fall into those three rules areas, then actually we could probably use this game in a school. So the rules are never difficult. It's, it's more the interaction of the players that makes the games wow. Moving now towards the parents, um, also I noticed on the, on the website that you've got uh, resources that maybe a parent could uh, obtain. Um, I know you don't do that in a big way, but if there's a parent at home thinking, oh, maybe there's something for me here, is there something on the website for parents? There's a huge, I mean, there, is, there are hundreds and hundreds of games for sale on the website. Uh, often it's, it's teachers or parents that see us in action that want a copy to play a particular game when they get home with the kids. That's brilliant. Please go to the website, you know, that they're all there to buy. But often we have parents contact us that say, right, my child's got autism. It exhibits itself like this. What would you suggest or recommend? And we're more than happy to say, okay, in that case, have a look at this game or this game. And this is how we use it. So they've got an idea prior to buying it. Oh, okay. I get why that would work and how I would teach it. So we're always happy to sort of listen to people, recommend specifics based on what they're looking for. If a school wants to have you in, could mm -hmm. you give, and I know that it's bespoke, so it's very difficult to give a price yeah. tag, but what are the sorts of pricings if you, if we, if a school <clears throat> wanted you, if Dogsthorpe Infants wanted you in to come in to work for a day or for a group of meetings, what, what sort of price tag are we talking? Generally for a day when we come in, you're talking around the three, four hundred pound mark, depending on how regular is it, exactly what is it you wanting us to do. That will be from breakfast club, it will include after school club, it'll work through the whole day, do something within the dinner hour with a specific group of kids, whatever it might be. Generally, it's around that figure so that when they say, and when we always say to the school, sorry, once you've brought us in, we're there for the day, use us. Let's not have any times, you know, where we're, I'm just sat idle. We don't enjoy doing that. Once we're in, we want to be working with the kids and the aim is to make a difference. Where can people find you, Nigel, and find Imagination Gaming and, and get in touch with you and get the discussion rolling? Uh, I guess via the usual sort of means. So we have a website, which is imaginationgaming.co.uk. We're on Facebook as Imagination Gaming. We're on Twitter as Imagigaming. Any of those means there's various contact points at all those. Drop us a message, give us a call. You can ring me uh, on my number, which is available on the website, or one of the sales team's numbers, and just say, hi, we're interested in this. Can somebody give us a call back or come through for a visit, show us what it's all about, and we'll bring some examples. We'll sit with the SLT and discuss things by any means necessary. <laughs> I'd be happy to hear from them. Well, thank you for your time today, Nigel. It's been amazing. Um, and it's been so interesting thinking about learning through play and, and the wonderful ways that you, you help young people, children and young people. And I'm guessing that because you, um, we've been talking and thinking about primary schools, but I'm guessing because you work with adults, you could work with a group at, at a secondary school, secondary level as well, could you? We have a lot of secondary school work in for September already. We work all across primaries. We do a lot of work with special schools where we take a very specific range of games in again. Lots and lots of different things that we do.
Now, listeners, if you've missed any of those links and the website address, don't worry. Go to the text in the podcast. Everything will be there. You're just one click away from Nigel. Get into Imagination Gaming because I think there's a lot that, that they can offer the schools and the families of Cambridgeshire. And so another Launchpad episode comes to an end. Eddie and Captain Dave, thank you all for listening to their show. Join them again next week when once again we'll all take another learning journey on Eddie's Launchpad to dream, believe and shine.